heard some of you say, I pity the fool, so way to go. Way to go. Well, good morning, New Hope. It was 1971. I was five years old. See, I was born in Southern California with the little old ladies from Pasadena. But uh, my dad received a call to the frozen tundra of Minnesota, and so we moved to Burnsville, Minnesota. I remember like it was yesterday, walking into kindergarten, my first day of school. I think they had already started. And so the teacher introduced me into this circle, this brand new stranger to the kindergartner class, and I'll never forget, a boy across the circle walked across and stretched out his hand and said, hi, I'm Danny. Want to be my friend? I could have kissed Danny right there, or at least hugged him, and that would have been socially okay. That need of a friend, we all have that need. Number 42 was a little older. I think he needed a friend like that at that time. In his first seasons with the Brooklyn Dodgers, Jackie Robbins was the first African-American to play Major League Baseball. And he... he came across such venom, such evil game after game, fastballs at his head, spikings on the basings, but the worst was probably the racial epithets, the the words of hate from dugouts, from the crowds thrown at him. And it reached kind of its peak at a game in Boston when another one of his teammates, a southern white man named Pee Wee Reese, who played shortstop, called timeout and walked over to second base where Jackie was and put his arm around him and stood there for what seemed an eternity and didn't say a word, but the word he said is friendship, my friend. The Bible is a story of friendship. In the beginning, Adam and Eve walked with God as friend to friend. And the whole story of redemption, the whole story of why Jesus has come to us is to to bring us back into this friendship with God and friendship with one another. And so, church, the big idea today is the great gift of biblical friendship warns us repeatedly of harmful relationships and calls us to seek and be friends by the power of God's great love. Within one short proverb, there is a wealth of wisdom and invitation to experience the greatest foolproof friendship our hearts long for. Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So two things, church. First of all, this this proverb shows us there's a path of destructive friendship. Throughout this series, in in foolproofing our lives, through, through the wisdom literature and Proverbs and other books, we see again and again in every area of our life, whether it be our words, envy, adultery, today friendship, we always have to get a bigger picture and look down the road. Where does this lead? Does it lead to life? Does it lead to blessing? To goodness for ourselves and for others? Or does it lead to destruction and death? In order to foolproof our lives, we always need to take a step back from the moment, from the invitation right in front of us, and look down the path and heed God's word 
Listen to his instruction for what is best for us. Look at these Proverbs together. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Proverbs 22, 24 to 25 says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not... And 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says it so simply, Bad company ruins good morals. What's the destination of walking with fools, of, of walking in unhealthy friendships? Well, we get in trouble. We get in bondage. Things come to ruin. It's like the wise-in-your-face uh, counsel of, of uh, Dr. Phil. So how's that working for you? Take a step back. In the friendships you have, where does that lead? I've heard it said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. Are they going where I want to go? Destructive friends don't warn of the perils down the road. They don't really care for you or your well-being because they're just selfishly fixated on the present, on the fun, on the sin in front of them. In Proverbs 27, we see a couple verses with the same theme. In verse 6, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And in the New Testament, the same thought from Colossians 3.16, let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. To admonish is to give warning. If you see a friend heading down a path towards destruction, you take a risk and you intercede and you say something. That's to admonish. The old Jewish proverb says, a friend is one who warns you. Don't you want a friend like that? You know, it's never easy, right? Stepping out and even in a right spirit to give people uh, corrective, loving criticism. There's many times as a pastor, you have these conversations. People are getting married and they're not walking in God's way. And so with grace, but with truth and with love, you, you offer God's best of what he teaches us in his words, to walk according to his ways. And I can't tell you the joy when you come to that point when the people are getting married and the look on their face I don't need him to say anything. It's like, thank you. Thank you for admonishing us. Thank you for, for telling us about God's best. It's so much better. What do we do to avoid in friendships? We avoid those who don't look beyond the moment, who don't care about the bigger picture, who don't care about the consequences or actions. They really don't care about what's best for us, what's good, the good for the all. Church, in our FOMO, you know FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. You don't, you don't have that, so I don't need to say this, but, but we long to be loved by the many, right? We believe the lie that just, man, if we had a few thousand Facebook friends, we'd be somebody. If we could just get more Instagram followers, if more people would comment on any posts, then we'd really be worthwhile. Then we'd fill that void, the love we need in our hearts. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
We don't know exactly the the biblical writer's intent when he's talking about this friend who sticks closer than a brother, but we know now in Jesus, we have someone who can fulfill our deepest needs and enable us to love others out of that same great love. So that's the path of destructive relationships. Secondly, there's the path of life-giving friendship. I just want to tell you three characteristics of life-giving friendship of knowing this one who sticks closer than a brother. First of all, these friendships model God's covenant love. The friendship of Jonathan and David in the Old Testament is is an amazing friendship. Follow along as I read 1 Samuel 18. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow and his belt. Talk about life-giving friendship. They became one in spirit. He loved him. Their, Their souls were knit to one another out of this great act. And church, uh, my wife had uh, Professor Paul Eddy at Bethel and and talked about how just loving his his godly counsel. And and I heard him at a conference. He talked about the covenant, the biblical covenant of friendship and that we've lost that in in today's Christianity. The only remaining covenant is the covenant of marriage. But what we see modeled here, we can model after. There was a covenant made in the exchange of their robes, of their swords. And they made this covenant relationship together. He, he talks about a neighborhood girl who had a single mom that he and his wife, they made a covenant friendship with this young gal. And they came around this family to support this girl. It's a beautiful thing. We all long to have friends, people in our lives that will walk with us, that will covenant with us, that will show us, demonstrate the love of God that never fails, never leaves us. That is life-giving friendship. The whole sticky faith is, is the research that came out of the Fuller Youth Institute and says, what are those things in a family that makes faith stick as kids leave the home? And one of the huge things is, is, is relationships, is community, people around you. They talk about who's your five. Who are the five people you have that are, that are there for your kids, that are pouring into your kids, walking with you and your family and church? Kelly said it. That's why we do groups. That's why we get into community with one another so we can have people around us that covenant with us, that walk with us. Hey, we're in this with you. We model God's covenant love. Secondly, we model God's sacrificial love. The chief motto, the life, the life theme of Jesus was self-sacrifice to God for man. We follow Christ's example because we follow him. We're disciples, we're followers of Jesus. And so if he goes to die on the cross for us and show that love, we receive that and we, we die to ourselves. We die to our selfishness. We die to our self-reliance, our self-focus. And we continually die to ourselves. We continue to receive the gospel. Jesus died for me. He loves me. I can serve him. I can serve others. We walk 
in sacrificial love. This is what Jonathan did for David. I mean, he sacrificed his right to the throne. His father Saul was the king. He was next in line. He sacrificed. He said, God's hand is on this man. And I'm going to walk with him. That's sacrificial love. That is friendship. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. This is the definition of true friendship. And I don't think many of us in our culture today, at least, are going to be called to lay down our life for our friends. But in some ways, we say, Lord, it's not about me, right? I'm third, God first, others second, I'm third. How do we sacrifice and walk in that way? Do the little things. Do the little things to put God first, to put others second and ourself third. And people will be blessed by sacrificial love. Thirdly, we model dependent love. Because Christ loved sacrificially and he depended on the Father for all his love and guidance, he could love perfectly without any strings attached. This quote from uh, Ruth Haley Barton, I love her work in this book, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. She says, one of the greatest, John 13, Jesus' time here on earth was that he loved his own to the end, John 13, 1. Loving each other well takes time and attention. But if we fail at that, we fail at the one thing Jesus wants most from us and for us. In John 13, 1, it's the story of Jesus and the disciples in the upper room. And before he shares communion with them for the first time, he gets down on his knees to wash the disciples' feet. The lowest job of a servant. And it says... Those who were his own, he loved them to the end. That word end is to perfection. He loved them to the perfection. If we follow Jesus, we can walk in this love to the end. We can receive his love and pour out that love, that longing that we have for for friends, that longing that we have for pure love. We can have that in a dependent on God kind of love. A man and many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In Exodus 33, we we read the amazing encounter between God and Moses. And verse declares this radical friendship that Moses had with God. Very few in the Old Testament, it was said of this, they had friendship with God. But it says, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. But God had had it with the Israelites. He was done. They're just about to enter the promised land. He said, you go. I'll send an angel. I can't go with you. The stiff-necked people. But Moses cries out to God. He cries for mercy. He prays. He intercedes on behalf of himself and the Israelites. And he says, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Do you realize how radical that is? Moses saying, I don't care what the promised land has to offer. I don't care what luxuries await for us in the land of milk and honey. If you won't go with us, God, I won't go. I think so many times we get fixated on the goal. 
on the dream, on the answered prayer that we are praying for and seeking that we forget the ultimate gift, his friendship with God. Would you and I say what Moses said? Luxury awaits the magic kingdom, the life of ease, the answered prayer, the big promotion, the chance to move where you've always wanted to move. Would you say, God, we have known your goodness. We have known your presence. There is nothing that captures our heart like intimacy with you. If you won't go, we don't want it. Moses said, please show me your glory. And God responded, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim my name, the Lord. God used hard times to prove his faithfulness. Lonely times can be an amazing gift to show us the friendship of God. Moses had walked through the loneliness of leadership, but he'd learned that. God, if you won't go, I won't go. He had learned that friendship. He had learned that from a God, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I love the line from the song we sing, Goodness of God. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. I have seen the goodness of God. I have lived in the goodness of God. Ronald Rollheiser says, when we allow ourselves to face ultimate aloneness, it compels us to travel inward as Moses did. To meet ourselves and to meet the infinite love and riches of God inside our beings. Church, have you allowed yourself to travel inward and to, be, to know and to be known by the one who sticks closer than a brother? The great gift of biblical friendship calls us to seek and be friends by the power of God's great love. Just this week, one of my BFFs, Joe, I, I was joking, we can call him G.I. Joe. He's actually one of the high, he has the highest civilian ranking of leadership at Fort Snelling. And God put me on his heart this week and he texted me, how are you? How's the family? And then he said something in that text and I was like, whew, that was from God. And I texted him back. I said, give me a call on your way home. And as we talked, we were both encouraged. Look what God did. He gave you a word that I needed. And he said, I can't wait to go home to my family and sit at the table and say, look what God did. He put Pastor John in my heart and he had me reach out at just the right time. And in that, in that celebration, in that friendship, we were like, whoa, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. There he is. The one who sticks closer than a brother. The greatest thing about a friendship is cultivating and receiving more and Jesus. And we receive his friendship more and more. We'll be less controlling. We'll be less needy. We'll be less selfish. We'll be more wise. We'll be more helpful. We'll be more overflowing with his love. We'll be able to point down the path of wisdom. And we'll be able to catch moments and say, look what Jesus did. And we'll build up the body. 
Church, what is your action step today? You have to step out when God calls you to step out and do something. If Joe didn't step out and text what he felt on his heart, we wouldn't have had that encounter. Look for opportunities. Pray for opportunities to bless others with the friendship of God. God loves us. And he wants to show, he wants to break through and show that love. I'll never forget the time a friend of mine was, was in a church where there was a, a real tragic affair between two families. And it just rocked these families. Well, forward just a couple weeks and it was time for Revive Minnesota going out to share the gospel of Jesus. And this guy whose wife had cheated on him was sitting at Minnehaha Park, just sitting in the parking lot, just destitute. And these four people going out to share the love of Jesus, God led them. They prayed, where do you want us to send us, God? And they came to his car and they said, how can we pray for you? And he, he opened up his heart. He never does that. And he just shared his hurt. And they prayed for him and he felt all the weight Oh, just fall away. He felt a prayer he'd never felt before. And then I heard that story. Wow, I knew the before and the after. God sent out his friendship. God sent out his encouragement because those people looked for that opportunity to pray. Pay attention when God puts someone on your heart. Pray for those opportunities and then just reach out with that friendship and see what God will do. Pay attention when God invites you into deeper friendship with him. A friend this week was talking about he'd always had these roadblocks in in really receiving God's love. He always had these roadblocks of these detachments in his life, in his personal life. And, And he said, then one day someone was praying for him and he heard God say, I really miss my time in the morning with you. That wasn't just for him, right? To spend time with God. God wants to be friend with us as friends face to face. And he was saying, I really miss that time when you come and get in the word and we pray. Wow. God's friendship, God's truth. Do you have friends that can admonish you, can get in your grill in a loving way? Church, read those sheets. They're not there for decoration. If God is calling you to a group, go check it out. Go sign up. If there's something you're not finding, write on the sheet there. I'm I'm looking for this. I'm looking for a one-on-one spiritual friendship to to get in the word with me. Just write those things down. Seek us out. Would people say of new hope? There is the spirit, the friendship of God on those people because we heard the call to get closer with God and closer to one another. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother who longs to love you to the end, to perfection, to heal your heart, to send you out as an ambassador of reconciliation, an ambassador of the friendship of God. Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you today. We just thank you for your great love. Lord, we just thank you 
Lord, your love is like a wave crashing over us. And you make us brave because it's your spirit. It's your friendship. Spirit of fear, you have no authority. We cast you out and we just ask the spirit of friendship to take over. And the spirit of love and truth to take over. Do your business here today. Connect people with the Father, heart of God. Connect people to one another. Lord, we crave for friendship. You have made it. You have put it in our hearts. And thank you, Jesus, that you have what we need. May we love you more and more. May we know you more and more. May the spirit of friendship draw people to you. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen.